Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Voice America welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now, here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. In a recent New York Times article, my friend Eric Taub discovered the wonder of storing your files in the cloud. The main point of the article was that you no longer have to worry about backing up your data because a cloud service will do that for you. This is one of the many services that Cloudworks provides for its customers, and we have Mike Eaton, the founder of Cloudworks, to tell us more. Welcome, Mike. Thanks, Cindy. How are you? Um, good, thank you. I know that you're not doing so well. <laughs> yeah, I've had a, I've had a rough week. I had a, a mountain bike accident last week and separated my shoulder. So, uh, but you're able to still use a keyboard. Yep. Yes, I've been able to work from home and. Uh, and be nearly as productive as if I didn't separate my shoulder. Well, see, that's the point, isn't it? I mean, we don't want you to separate your shoulder or anything like that, but you could, because of the cloud, okay, you could work and have an office virtually anywhere, even if you um, had to be in a hospital or if you had to, if you were overseas in stock or anything. So we really are very, very sorry about your injury, and I told you yesterday that you will have near 100% capacity because sports medicine is wonderful and so is physical therapy, but you do have the cloud to keep you going. Yes. <laughs> so no I always have to try to, to find a way done. to connect these things to business. <laughs> 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 so um, um, I'm sorry about, we wish you a very speedy recovery. We admire the fact, though, that you're an avid mi- a mountain biker. Yeah, it's a good. Uh, it's most of the time it's a very good stress relief and good exercise. Occasionally things go wrong, but uh, okay. Well, you just have to be careful, right? That's just right. Be careful. So listen, Mike, we're going to ask you a lot of general questions about the cloud, and then obviously we'll connect the wonderful CloudWorks with it and to it. Um, the cloud is becoming more mainstream in the English language. At one time, really, Joe and Jane boy next door really didn't know what the cloud was, but now Microsoft seems to be incorporating it in its advertising, and more and more people seem to be saying the words, you know, um, yes, I'm working in the cloud. And um, I think it's slowly penetrating, um, you know, mainstream language. Um, How can you define it for us? Uh, You know, our definition of the cloud is a fairly broad one, and that is that it is computing that is not local to the customer, not owned by the customer, and not managed by the customer. And we think that that is a 
um, a generously broad uh, description that covers, you know, application service providers and platform as a, as a service and infrastructure as a service um, and encompasses all those. Um, uh, it's really, you know, it, it is Internet-based computing that is accessible to people without the downside of ownership, capital expense, or, or the need to be technically uh, uh, skilled enough to manage it on your own. Which is, um, you know, it's a very broad definition. And for people who aren't familiar with, ent- you know, enterprise-type cloud systems, we could go as simply as defining social media platforms as a cloud, can't we? Yeah, and the the thing that I think is interesting, and you've brought this up in the past, which is the cloud is not as new as people think it is. I mean, that there have been services available for a very long time that we are now um, uh, describing as cloud services. But um, but you know, most of what occurs on people's mobile phones can be considered um, cloud services. Um, you know, the ability for you to do things on your iPhone or your Droid. Um, a lot of those services are being provided by data centers, um, uh, you know, somewhere out in, in the Internet, and uh, those have been around for quite a while. Um, application service providers that are providing, you know, uh, I'm guessing a lot of people have home banking applications that uh, they use to maybe pay their bills or to check um, on their balances of their bank. Those are applications that are, are uh, in the cloud. So it, the, the services that people are using... Um, and are quite comfortable with have been in the cloud for a long time, but I think that the the term um, for the uh, technology is really, like you said, is really I think become mainstream. At least the the, the description of it. No, and I and I think that's very true. And more as more and more people become aware of it, as a consumer, perhaps they'll it'll be a natural transition for them when they need to think of their enterprise needs and. Um, it, what, an interesting thing to me, Mike, is, and um, maybe you could, you know, explain this or talk about how this might change at the retail level. Okay, and I know that's something that you're not involved in, but it's still a business-to-business, um, you know, path where there's a connection. If you go into a Verizon store, for example, and you tell them that you know you're, you're getting a new BlackBerry or you're getting an iPad too. And you tell them that you know you need to download your enterprise software. Those people at retail usually aren't trained yet to know what enterprise software is. Right. Interesting, huh? Yeah, it is. Um, uh, I think it, it it's reflective, probably mostly that that the mobile phone world and that that retail thing is really a very consumer based, um, uh, or at least consumer focused industry right now. Um, with with the release of the iPhone uh, from Verizon, I think it made me uh, uh, extremely aware of how um, how somewhat fad driven that industry is. I mean, I I, I know I, I use my phone as a business tool first and foremost. I have very little um, uh, uh, games or or other personal um, applications on it. It's really primarily a business tool for me, and I think yours probably is for you as well. But I think we're probably still in the minority. I think most people use their phones um, uh, as personal tools, and, and Verizon's still squarely focused on that, even though I think a big part of their business is business. Is, uh, is business. I don't know that um, a lot of those people are the, the ones that are walking into the Verizon store. I think most of the people who have business phones have a, 
an administrator at their office that is the main rep for for the Verizon account, and most of that stuff gets done there. Yeah, I think that you're right, but I wonder if there's going to be a sea change eventually. Um, I, yeah, I, you know, the, um, I I do think that I had an a, a, a email with somebody the other day that um, that I was surprised was as um, proficient on their phone with respect to email communications and other things as as they were, um, and I do think that um, this blurring of what is personal and what is business, you know, continues, and that that the what previously would have been considered squarely a business um, function, which is you know, business email on your on your handheld device, uh, really now is just everybody just needs email on their handheld device, whether it's personal or otherwise. And so those what we're considering to be those enterprise tools will in fact become more and more common, and, and as a result, the the people that man the desks at Verizon will need to know about them. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. I have to tell you, this is a compliment. Here's your endorsement. Since I've been using CloudWorks, the world thinks I'm so very tech-savvy. Only your staff knows how tech-challenged I can be at times. But, um, you know, everybody is so impressed with the fact, you know, and I'm talking about the constituents that you and I both know in the neighborhood, the people at the gym, you know, the people at happy hour, the people in restaurants, <laughs> you know, um, you know, neighbors, all of that kind of stuff. They see me running around with my BlackBerry and now iPad too, and they know that I'm constantly, you know, they, they, they know that I'm constantly online. They know that I'm constantly minding it because that's what a service provider has to do these days in order to bring in some revenue, right? You yeah, well, you are extremely um, tech-aware, and I think that um, one of the things that, that is um, – I think sort of confused by the popularity of the term the cloud um, is that although the term I believe and would agree is gone mainstream, I don't think use of the cloud is quite there yet from a percentage standpoint. Um, I think we're still in the category that would be described as early adopters, and you're definitely an early adopter. You're someone that's very, very comfortable with technology, um, can uh, adapt to new things very, very quickly. Um, and uh, you know are are on the front end of the trends, um, and most people just are not are not there yet. So even though the term is out there a lot, I don't think cloud is quite as mainstream as as you might assume, given the the um, frequency that you hear the term. Um, right. But I, I do believe that that is just around the corner. That that in you know a matter of months and and years, it will be. Um, you, if not the most dominant way of doing computing, certainly a, a mainstream way of doing computing. Um, but I think that, um, ironically, the term cloud computing will just not be that interesting anymore. It'll just be so common that, that uh, you know, it's just not I think it's. I, I think the word that's probably more mainstream, Mike, is remote. Um, yeah. You know, people think of remote computing more so than thinking of cloud computing, the ability to be mobile. Yeah, well, you know, one of the problems I've had with our industry for, well, pretty much ever since I've been in this business is the tech industry wants everybody to understand and care about levels of detail that they care about. And uh, the the best example that I can I can give of that is the the famous Intel marketing campaign of Intel inside. Um, now, nobody in the world, or very very few people 
understand how a microprocessor works or, or what the difference between Intel's microprocessor was versus AMD's or anybody else's. But it was very important for Intel to brand their, the side of those PCs with that logo and make people care about it um, or assume that people did care about it. Um, and to this day, I don't believe anybody does. I, I think it just became the sort of thing that, um, that uh, uh, the tech industry cared about more than the consumer cared about. And I think that there's a danger in the cloud the same way, which is, is it, it, the, the great thing about the cloud is people don't need to know how it works. They just need to, to know that it does work and that they can rely on it. Um, and as long as those things are happening, we're doing our job, trying to get people to understand the, the details of it or, you know, like to your point, if people call it remote computing, so be it. As long as they can trust it and, and rely on it, then it doesn't matter whether they call it remote computing or cloud computing or anything else. Oh, I think that's very, very true. Yeah, I, yeah, I think you're true, and I think that the language is really being sort of personalized and developed as different areas of different stakeholders learn what it is. And you're right. I think that... You know, the business use of all of this stuff is probably fairly new. I think that it got newer as more and more people were forced to become entrepreneurs because of the economy. Um, you know, I've done a lot of, you know, um, you know, had a lot of research commissioned through other clients which really talk about um, how people's lifestyles are really, really changing in this, you know, second decade of the new millennium based on recessionary um, pressures and recessionary incidents. And um, the big, big companies that are buying systems or implementing systems for all of their employees that have to be connected um, you know what? It's it, there's a there's a sea change, and there's more and more individuals that seem to have to become just as tech savvy as their large corporate counterparts. Well, we're coming to the end of this segment, Mike. So I want you to stand by, rest your arm, even though you're not using it right now, <laughs> and um, come back. And we're going to talk a little bit of the capabilities and offerings that CloudWorks has. Um, one of my favorites is the exchange, and we'll talk about that a little bit. So don't go away. Stand by. We'll be right back after this commercial break. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. 
In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Tune in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's practical, positive solutions for a happy, empowered, and successful life stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com welcome back to stars of pr with cindy r if you have a question or comment, call in at 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Here's Cindy Rakowitz. We're, we're back in the clouds, and we're talking with Mike Eaton, the founder of Cloudworks, and um, a lot of interesting information about enterprise software or computing, practical computing, having your office in the palm of your hand. Hey, Mike, you could, you know, trademark that if you want to. Just give me credit. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Mike, are you there? Yep, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, there you are. Okay. <laughs> um, listen, I don't want to overlook this, so I'm going to bring it up at the beginning of this segment, and you can see that the segments go pretty fast. You did a very interesting chart, CloudWorks versus internal, and it's one of the most, um, you know, easy-to-understand um, presentations of, you know, what you what the benefits are with CloudWorks and what the benefits might be or don't exist with internal IT environments. Very powerful. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, what would you say is the most impactful when you're presenting this to a potential client? You know, I think that um, uh, to most business customers, um, there's a high degree of frustration with IT. It is, it is one of the aspects of business that, um, that uh, is a requirement in order, in order to stay competitive, but it's not anything people are terribly excited about. It's a difficult um, uh, area of the business to manage. Um, it is um, difficult to staff it properly, um, and it's uh, uh, expensive. Now, uh, unfortunately, a lot of businesses look at, at those things and, and overlook the, the vast increases in productivity that computing has provided over the years. Um, I really believe that it is 
similar to electricity in that um, it's just expected that that productivity uh, is here and, and increases over time. Um, it's the downsides of it that most people focus on. So um, there's no love of IT that people, um, uh, of internal IT that, uh, that makes people want to want to retain it in-house. I think what um, what the 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 thing we try to overcome is the is the fear and uncertainty of what the cloud uh, means and and whether their data and applications are safe. Um, and so once you can show them that, um, that's that's uh, I think really the strongest selling point. Um, the original uh, frustration that we had about internal IT that that led us to this is you know I think the the best description of it is. Um, if you just think about how complex um, a single PC is, uh, you know, the, the, first of all, the, to buy a, a good PC from Dell is, is not inexpensive. They're, you know, they range anywhere from you know, 500 to a couple thousand dollars, depending on what the capabilities are. There's a very expensive and complicated operating system from, from typically Microsoft that needs to be installed on there, and then applications. Um, it is a... Um, very difficult device to manage and secure from viruses and, and malicious threats. There are security controls that have to be put on place to make sure that access is limited to the people that you want to have access and, and controlled. And by the time you're done, you have a device that costs several thousand dollars and requires regular maintenance and, and attention. And that um, that's hard for businesses to deal with. And in your, to your point earlier about how the world has changed and and uh, since the recession, um, we really just can't afford to have uh, computing be that complicated and that expensive, um, and that really physically tied to a single device. Um, and I think that that you know is one of the the reasons that the cloud is so appealing to to a lot of businesses. Yeah, no, I, and I and I think that's very true. I see there what I see, and you you know my business to business community because. You know, you've been a part of it. You know, we're in the same, you know, we're in the same community, Mike. And, um, you know, it. what I see in a lot of law firms in particular, there's this fear. That, uh, there's this fear that if you outsource IT, that somehow the security of all of their really important you know, documents are going to, you know, there's somehow going to be, they're going to be in jeopardy. And I think that that's a myth that everybody has to dispel because what I see, and again, it's mostly in, you know, the law industry, that lawyers are just so technology scared because if they don't know a lot about it, if they lose their documents, they could be in a lot of trouble. So I would imagine that you have to dispel those myths and handhold them a little bit to explain the security of the cloud and how CloudWorks in particular has a lot of, you know, a lot in place to keep things secure and in many, many ways more secure than with their own internal, you know, system. Yeah, it's true. Ultimately, I think that that security fear that you describe um, uh, comes down to the feeling of control. Which is if your um, if your files are on your PC at home, um, it may not be the most secure place in the world, um, but it's yours, and and you know the last time that you backed up, and you know you know the, the last time that you copied your 
accounting files to your external hard drive, and, and you have control over that. Um, so even if you're not doing a great job at it and you haven't done it in two weeks, um, it, at least it's yours and, and you know where you stand. And when you move things to the cloud, I think the, 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 the biggest thing we have to overcome is that uh, people are, are, feel like they're no longer in control of that data and somebody else is. And so the trust that they have to have in that service provider is very, very high. Yeah, well, I think it's also a public relations issue and a credibility issue. I think that people really have to understand more about the cloud and storage, and they have to sort of start thinking about it. You know, maybe it doesn't look the same way as they're used to having it look, which is, you know, a storage unit in a closet somewhere, you know, on Ventura Boulevard in Encino. You know, that's what they grew up with. Right. Um they have to get used to the fact that no matter what happens, and really have to believe this, there, you know, their hardware crashes. There's a power outage. Um, you know, they got a virus. You know, whatever. You know, the scary things can be um, that you know they're covered. You know, it, you know they're covered in these cloud farms and in these storage facilities and I don't that seems to be a very hard thing for people who are not early adopters to grasp yeah it is and I think that we're fighting against that uh, some of that stuff that we talked about in the last segment which is the the goal of cloud computing ultimately is to not have to have people know about what it means to have redundancy in in primary systems and um, how file storage works and, and how many files, how many copies of, of your files are stored and where they're stored to, to protect them. If you, uh, that information is available to, to any of our customers and we can describe, you know, how a data center works and why we have multiple data centers and, and the redundancy and fault tolerance that we build into our environments. Um, but I think for, for cloud computing to go mainstream, people just have to accept at some point that that is the way it works, that, you know, that, that they're going to buy cable television because of what they get to see when they turn the television on. They don't need to know how it works um, yeah, no, because I their comfort level good. is that high. But I don't think we're there yet. I think you're right on the PR side that is, there's still a, um, an education that needs to occur on, you know, exactly why um, files stored in the cloud um, are, are safer than they are if, than they would be if they were stored in your office in one location. You know, I think that the more that you have um, testimonials with, you know, regular people, you know, you know, people who aren't necessarily technologically um, advanced but, you know, are early adopters and have found business success with the system um, are probably your best, you know, your best salespeople at the front lines because they have credibility and, you know, people want to, you know, people want to trust people and follow the trends. And I think a little bit more of that has to happen. So I'm an advocate. Yeah. You know I am. I do, and we, we very much appreciate it. And I do think that you're right about the, um, the, I think the comfort level will go up. It's similar to, um, you know, the first person that hires a new a new landscape maintenance company for their to manage their front yards um, might do uh, a bit of background checking uh, on that service provider, um, and then the the person next door, if they like what they see, um, uh, might hire them, and they might might do a little bit as well. But when two other people on that block hire that person, 
a lot of the work that was done by the first two two customers um, will be assumed, and and they will just say, you know, hey, you know, I like what you're doing across the street. Can you do our yard as well? I think cloud computing is the same way. Is that w- when you are no longer the first person doing it, and four people you know are subscribing to these services, and and they're happy with them. Your need to do that background checking and the, your need to get comfortable with the, the technical aspects of it, um, I think, will be diminished somewhat because, quite frankly, the the detail and the technical um, aspects of how it's delivered is very complicated and it's it's an expertise. And most people are, you know, I would like to believe that people care about that sort of stuff, but the truth of the matter is it's pretty boring to most people on you know how you design redundancy into a network environment, and I think people will just get comfortable with the fact that, that uh, you know, it's there, it's well-protected, and it's reliable, and other people have been using it for years successfully, and, and as a result, they'll, they'll be more willing to adopt it as well. I think so. Well, we, before, we, before you leave us, Mike, I wanted to tell you, I wanted to endorse one of the things that really creates great added value within the CloudWorks desktop system, and that's the Exchange. Why don't you talk about it a little bit? Sure. Exchange is a, is a, a group productivity tool that, um, from Microsoft that uh, combines uh, email services with scheduling and, and um, uh, other uh, capabilities. And really the, the, the great thing about it is it's probably um, the best uh, application for that purpose on the market. Um, and it allows you to synchronize your your work life on your mobile phone and have it available. Uh, I think I, I think at least it, if I'm correct, you have at least three different devices. Cindy, that you yeah, use it well, on. I I think um, four. <laughs> no, with, I think I think with, with the iPad devices, use, I have I probably have four. Yeah. So w- with the Exchange service, your four devices are essentially windows into the same bit of information. So what you see on your, your iPad is the same as what you see on your laptop, which is the same what you see on your desktop, which is the same uh, you know, as if you logged in from a, from a hotel business center. Um, and we can synchronize with all those devices so that, that no matter where you are, no matter what tool you have, you have accurate information about your day and, and your emails. And um, It's a pretty uh, enabling technology. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is. It really is. And it is very cool, I, I have to say, as a user, to have my BlackBerry and to have my iPad 2 and to have my MacBook and to have my antiquated PC, you know, at the office and to, you know, log in and see the same thing all the time. I have to tell you, there's a comfort to that. There's a consistency, and it's, um, it makes you feel like you're going into an office that you belong in every day. I want to thank you for joining us, Mike, and I want to also encourage people to look into www.cloudworks.com and um, you know, look into it and consider consider subscribing because for me, it's been one of the most organized tools that I've had in my entrepreneurial life. So thank you, Mike. Thank you, Cindy. We really appreciate that endorsement. Okay. Well, stay tuned, and we'll be talking more about the cloud in our next segment, so don't go away. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At BR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. BR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of BR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.brpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. BR Public Relations. We do it all. www.brpublicrelations.com. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Bullies enrage us. In tough economic times, we are motivated by fear, and this causes people to mistreat others. It doesn't just happen to school kids. You'll find it in the workplace, school, and over the Internet. Oftentimes, people feel that they have nobody to turn to or no legal recourse. Don't be enraged. Engage. Tune in to Bullies on Blast with your host, Aunt Delta Dawn. We'll expose bullies and strive to save the lives of those who are being bullied. Listen Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call 866-472-5788. Let's get back to Stars of PR. Here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. We're back in the clouds, and we are talking with Jim Hart, who is the systems person at Finger Lewak. Hello, Jim. Hello, Cindy. How are you? I'm doing well, and you? I'm doing very well. Thank you. We just um, finished a couple of great segments with Mike Eaton, who I think you know. I do very well. And um, just to give you a history, I don't know if you really quite remember, but just in case you don't, um, we worked with InSync. Is that the name of it, right? Yes, that's that was the name of your company before you all went over to Singer Lee Wack. And... Um, um, you've, you've helped me build my systems with um, hardware and software and actually made the recommendation that my company use CloudWorks because you thought it would be best for me. That is excellent. That was, that was kind of before my time, but I'm sure you worked with Rick Mark and um, <laughs> always good to work with Rick, right? 
Yeah, I got to work with Rick, and Bob was the friend of Greenberg and Bass, and Greenberg and Bass introduced Bob to me, and I think you guys were all in the same building at the time. Am I correct? Yeah. Weren't you in 16,000? Um, <clears> on Ventura Boulevard? Yep. Yeah, I was there. I was there, uh, I'm trying to think of the years. It was probably 2007. Um, and then I actually left and ended a, a consulting gig with my own business for a while and then came back to work with Bob again when we started Singer Lewak Systems. So. so there you go. I mean, so I'm involved in, you know, all of this, okay? Great, um, Great. And just to, you know, let everybody know, I was, you know, really kind of starting up my systems pretty much from scratch because everything I had was fairly antiquated. And, um, you know, so you guys in sync had set me up with, you know, some new computers from Dell and, you know, a printer that I still have to have. Dell helped me fix the scanner. Um, <laughs> but it was a pretty super printer. Rick was very proud of himself. He found, like, this really super-duper piece of hardware for you know, um, a cost-efficient price, but um, and it still works, and it's still great. I just have to get the scanner fixed, but, um, yeah, so it's all thanks to you, and, and then we know that everybody moved over to Singer Lewak, and um, Singer Lewak was just featured in Accounting Today um, to really, I mean, I've never seen such a, you know, in-depth article that applauds what you guys had accomplished in terms of system management integration in the accounting industry. Yeah, we, uh, we're really proud of it. Um, you know, as, as a firm, we've kind of always been on the leading edge with regard to training and looking at new technologies and new ways to, to leverage that technology to, to serve businesses better. Um, I think that's really our our theme, our mantra is that we, we think about business process and business capability first, and the technology should fit into that as opposed to the other way around. Now, I, I, as we mentioned before, you came on the show, we know that Singer Lewak is basically known, um, you know, for its accounting practice. And, you know, when during our, you know, virtual pre-interview process, you forewarned me not to, you know, use tax day too much of an angle because, you know, you're not an accountant and really pretty much couldn't give any accounting advice, and I told you that was okay. We really didn't need it. But um, So my question related to that is, is Singerly Wack also helping companies that are not in the accounting industry? Yeah, so um, Singerly Wack Systems is actually a reseller and implementer of a product called, um, amongst other cloud products, but our, our leading product is called Intact, which is a software-as-a-service accounting system. So it's your QuickBooks, your Great Plains, uh, your Oracles, right? Instead of going and purchasing a license and then installing on your servers or even in some cases installing on someone's servers that host it, this is actually a multi-tenant software-as-a-service product. So uh, in... February of 2010, I came on board to run this practice and to uh, both sell and install intact and integrate it into people's businesses. So it is really any business. I mean, it doesn't have to be. Well, I mean, it sounds like it's accounting software on the most part. Am I right? That's correct. 
Okay, but you know, you're you're selling it. Anybody could be your client. Anybody that uses accounting. That's correct. All right. Well, you know, it's um, it in the accounting today article. It really what came through, what resonated is people who were not early adopters necessarily are becoming um, more open to adapting to cloud services or SaaS. Yes. So, so Cindy, I, I, you know, I've been I've been thinking about this for a while, and I keep thinking about, you know, what are people going to be trying to make a decision on thirty years from now? But right now, the decision is, you know, do I do I invest my hard earned money? Do I take you know some of my cost of goods sold, some of my base GNA, and invest it in IT infrastructure, whether it be people, or systems, or servers, or networks? Right, that that question is coming up. Or do I take it and I I offload all that, and like I would use water or power, do I do I just put it in the cloud and just subscribe to it and use what I need and only pay for what I need? And it's you know there's a there's a level of comfort right now that's not what we were. But 30 years ago, these same business people were making the decision: Do I? stay with my AS400 or my VAX or my 3250, right? Do I use a PC? Do I make the decision to invest in PCs? I, I can see where it's more efficient, but now I don't have one throat to choke. I, I have to change my IT paradigm to fit this new model. So that's where we are right now, you know, and in five years it'll be people will be looking at you like you're crazy if you have your own server, but right now, it's it's that transition. Well, it's very interesting. Okay, so it's system. You would, you know, just to, you know, reiterate, it's systems first. Is that what you're saying? It's it's really the business process first. It's, uh, you know, the the important thing is that people can do their job, and and each company has a core competency that they that they're better at other companies, that you know do the same type of thing, and that's what gives them a competitive advantage. And the more that they can invest in that and not worry about all the infrastructure that fills that, that's really, you know, it's, it's commoditized, right? I mean, bandwidth at this point is commoditized. Uh, servers are commoditized. Printers are commoditized. It's, it's, it's something that, that a company shouldn't be focused on. They shouldn't be spending money on it in a, in a, in a uh, proprietary way, right, if, if they can just get what they need as a service, does that yeah, make sense? You know what? My accountant always tells me I should lease my car and not buy one. I guess the same thing. It's the exact same thing. I mean, you know, you're talking, you know, for a guy that's not an accountant, you talk a little bit like an accountant by using words like commoditized. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not an accountant, but I am an economist. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, um, well, I mean, I think that's, I, I think that's really you know, probably an easy-to-understand metaphor. I mean, you know, business people meet with their accountants so that they could, you know, well, they have to because they have, you know, fiduciary fiduciary responsibilities and, you know, um, tax responsibilities and all of that kind of stuff. But also they meet with accountants so that they can, you know, spend wisely and understand what their business deductions might be so you know 
what could be written off, you know, what's going to cost more cash, what's not really going to, and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And I think, you know, thinking about equipment in the same way that you think about a car is probably the easiest metaphor. It is It is a really simple. So that, that shift from what we call a CapEx or capital expenditure to an OpEx or operating expenditure is really a, it's a, it's a distinction that I think is lost to some extent on some people. But, but other people suddenly get it when you say that, right? So when you invest in capital, like if you were to purchase a car, you're basically you're, you're purchasing a, a truly depreciating asset, right? When you buy a car, I mean, every day you own it, it's a bigger piece of junk. That's just the way that they work, right, because you use them. And at the same time, you have to depreciate it across a straight line. So now your business has an asset that they hold on the books, that they have to depreciate according to a schedule and their expenses become you know, spread out over time and, and pretty complex depending on how many assets they have. Same thing with servers, same thing with the investment in developing you know, systems and processes when you deploy a new accounting system. Now, with software as a service, there's no capitalization of that. It's an operating expense. So as soon as you start using it, you just take the entire expense and dump it into your G&A the first month you start. Well, Jim, we're coming to the end of this segment. I, I, you may be, you might have been concerned when I told you you were going to be on two segments, but you have to admit that this goes by very quickly, doesn't it? It surely does. I mean, I'm telling you, people are like, "Wow, that's the fastest ten minutes I ever had." But we're going to keep you on for the next segment, and I'm going to talk. I'm going to ask you a little bit more about SAAS and um, trying to define it a little bit more for my listeners, um, but I have to tell you something. When I told you that this is perfect for tax day since tax day is tomorrow, you really do talk like an accountant. I know you might hate the fact that I'm saying that, or but you really do. You could call it an economist, but you sound like an accountant to me. <laughs> well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that as a compliment. If you're talking like Bob Green, then we're, we're in good shape. All right. Well, that's good. Well, you, you know, again, it's um, don't don't undersell yourself. I think sometimes if you're talking to accountants, um, you know, as potential clients, you speak their language well. You know, keep it up. <laughs> don't Thanks. go away. We'll be right back in Jim Hart from Singer Lewak as soon as this commercial's over. <laughs> Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. 
Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. Emotional intelligence has been documented to be the most important skill for a leader to move up in an organization. Leaders Playbook will unpack what emotional intelligence is, why it is important, and how you can raise your emotional intelligence for yourself, your direct reports, and your teams. Join Dr. Relly Nadler every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, to the Leaders Playbook on the Voice America Business Channel. Your success, your success could depend on it. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Clios. Call in now at 1-866-472-5788 and you can have one. Okay, maybe not. But she will answer your questions. Back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. We're in our final segment where we have been talking about the cloud and SaaS, which is service software as a service, right? Jim? That's correct. Software yeah, as, software a, as service. a service. It took me a long time to get that one in my head, but um finally got that. Um, and we are back with Jim Hart with Singer Lewak Systems. I want you to know, by the way, that Bob Green has scolded me in the past when I called Singer Lewak Singer Lewak. Okay? <laughs> I won't. I won't. I, 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 he scolded me as well a couple times. So. I mean, so I, I always say I, Singer Lewak, and that's really all for Bob Green, just so you know. <laughs> that's good um, but um so we you know we were talking about you know systems and um you know integrating it and traditional service and you know why it makes sense and why it makes business sense have you found um accounting types at large to be resistant at first you know we we, we it's kind of a mixed bag so uh in many cases, we get to a situation where uh, we do find resistance, right? You'll hear uh, a CEO say, well, I, I, I'm, I don't want my, my data off-site. Um, and in other cases, people are coming to us, and, and more of the younger generation that are coming out of school now and, and the business leaders that say, I, I can't even imagine investing in a server. That's, that's craziness. So it's, it's kind of mixed. Um, and what we find with the traditional model where someone says, I don't want my, I don't want my data off-site, um, we, we typically find ourselves asking them, well, you know, where is your server? Well, exactly. So and, even if it's, and even if the server is something that's in, you know, a storage area in a law firm, which we often see, right? I mean, you know, you, I mean, really, does that, does that make people really think that everything's there? <laughs> Yeah, or or who's looking at it, right? I mean, a lot of times we'll, we find in an interview when we ask a, a, a CFO, "Where where is your finance server?" And he's like, "Well, I don't I don't really know, but I know it's 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 okay, it's safe." 
and we say, well, how do you know it's safe? I mean, do you do, you do testing? Do you, you know, do does your does your he guy offer a service level agreement? Always, most always, the answer is no. Of course. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, I think that those are good questions. So you're finding that people are adapting slowly and becoming more open to um, to to these remote systems. Absolutely. Yeah, and I and I kind of see that too. I um I, I learned all about this. Bob knows about this. I've been you know a guest on his webinars about SAAS and all of that kind of stuff because um, I had a client who did something a little differently than you did, but similar in the fact that it was accounting software. And what she did is she created very very consumer friendly, you know, um, you know, for nineteen ninety nine a month. Um, accounting software for dummies, for lack of a better word, which where she created an interface that looked like, you know, the color forms kids' toy. So that anybody right. that was a numerophobic or didn't want to do anything with number entry because they were just scared to, I didn't know anything about it, she made it into like, you know, like toddler mindset, which was brilliant. Um, and um, she did so well with selling the subscriptions to this product called IAC Easy. Um, and again, it was just more for the consumer rather than for the enterprise user. She didn't develop systems like you do, okay? Um, she did so well with it. We marketed it a lot through social media services like Twitter, um, just giving all kinds of accounting tips or how to organize your office. I can't tell you what we came up with, you know, five times a day to blog about office efficiency and then bring people to the landing page of IACZ. Um, and she ended up selling the company. That's great. I mean, this is a twenty—you know, this is a twenty-nine-year-old CMA, okay, that developed this, and the brilliance in it, Jim, was making it so user-friendly in the user interface. Yep. And um, you know, that really opened my eyes because I handled her PR um, of how, you know, user interface and simple public relations, and you know with the use of social media platforms strategically, um, you know, and incorporating social media so that the message brings people back to your landing page so you can capture names and, you know, have them sign up. Like, why wouldn't people do business that way? And now, you know, now the individuals, you know, are feeling very, very comfortable with making numerical entries and knowing that the accounting part is just going to be managed for them. It's it's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, it's like turning on your water faucet, right? Flip on your light switch. Well, it's more fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's more fun. <laughs> but think about, uh, you know, the first, the first consumers that got to turn on their water and didn't have to go to the well and how much fun that seemed to them, right? Well, I don't know. I mean, it must have been, I guess. It was a very long time ago. Irrigation is pretty ancient, isn't it? It is very ancient, yes. <laughs> I mean, I'd like you to get a metaphor that's a little bit more contemporary. So, it, so we, we talk about, you know, the power grid, right, and, and the fact that people used to have to generate their own power somehow, right, have their own generators or, um, or a community generator, and now the grid is spread amongst everyone or even you know we can use the internet we can use that bandwidth metaphor and realize that you know you 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 get wireless now and you don't think about 
all the wires and all the fiber and all of the people that are behind providing that service and making it ubiquitous, right? Exactly. I think that I think that's better. Well, the water for some people might work. I might be a little bit more discerning. And besides, <laughs> I have a show, so I have to be entertaining. <laughs> but you know what? I, I also think one of the things that I use, because I'm a social media enthusiast, is um, you know that. Uh, Social media thing, tools like LinkedIn and business, etc. And you know, basically, we are talking about SAAS systems there too. People don't think about them that way, but Bob Green has always agreed with me that you know, systems or platforms like Facebook or LinkedIn, you know, um, or even Twitter, they're all SAAS. Absolutely. And you know, usually when we explain that to people they have a better understanding of software as a service rather than thinking it's this, you know, weird kind of, you know, IT business thing that they can't get their hands around. So I find that to be the simplest, you know, promotion of SAAS. Yeah, we actually typically use Netflix because with Netflix, it's, especially the Netflix on demand, it's, it's really appropriate in terms that you're paying a subscription and for that subscription price, you get the same services that everybody gets on Netflix. No, I think, and I think that's very, very true. Probably, and unless you're a super player on LinkedIn, you're not really playing a, paying a subscription for the service, so it might be a little harder to understand. But in terms of early adopting, I, I always say in business that LinkedIn has become almost the replacement for a telephone because. You know, you used to pick up the phone and network with leads and all of that kind of stuff and, you know, pound the pavements. I don't think it's a replacement for face-to-face communication necessarily, but it's very, very efficient in exploring leads and making contact with people. Absolutely. I, I, when, when LinkedIn, when I first discovered LinkedIn, I'm going to say it was probably 2003 or four. um, I was so excited because I used to carry around uh, a Motorola V60 phone. And the reason I had that phone was because it allowed me to have up to 500 contacts. But the problem was is as I went through the phone all the time, um, I would call the numbers and they would be gone. They'd be, have left the company, et cetera. And LinkedIn gave me the ability to say, hey, I don't, I don't have to manage this anymore. Through collaboration, somebody that I know that I want to contact, they'll manage their own contact information and then I'll be able to access it anytime I want. Oh, that's exactly right. Well, listen, Jim, we came to the end of the show. Can you believe it? I can't. I really I'm can't. I'm telling you. Well, listen, you, you said that you wanted to promote this. Just so you know, my handle on Twitter is at Brandmouth. Um, the link will be available for um, downloading probably at the latest by tomorrow afternoon, and you could get it through www.brpublicrelations.com or voiceamerica.com. So I will see you in social media land, okay? Very good. Thank you very much, Cindy. Okay, Jim Hart from Singerly Wack, and we're signing off. Have a great weekend. Folks, be careful.
Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next Thursday and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. See you next week. I am an American Idol. I got synthetic disowned. I kill my mother to get on the TV screen. I am a death row psycho.